At Urban Farm Podcast, we are all about education, and April is Foliar Feeding Month. Have you heard of it? It is a super simple application of spraying liquid organic fertilizer on your trees and garden plants. The leaves, branches, and trunks are incredible at absorbing nutrients. And if your soil isn't great or your pH is off, foliar feeding is a quick and long-lasting fix to get your plants the nutrients they need. Want to learn more? Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. Greetings, urban farmers, gardeners, and healthy food visionaries. Farmer Greg here, and welcome to the 605th episode of the Urban Farm Podcast, where every day we work together to educate and inspire you to become part of your food revolution. Today is Farmer Friday, a quick tidbit for growing your garden. Each episode will feature less than 10 minutes of essential content for growing your garden, and some episodes we will answer your questions. If you have one, send it to questions at urbanfarm.org. Today, we're talking with Andrew Faust about what is biodynamic farming and gardening. Enjoy. Welcome, Andrew. How are you today? Excellent. Excellent. Fantastic. Thank you, Greg. You bet. So I was recently on your podcast, and we're going to tell people in a little while about how to find that. But we started talking about biodynamic agriculture, gardening, and farming. And I don't know a lot about that. Can you kind of get us up to speed? Yeah, absolutely. Excited to share some of this discipline that I've been a student of, and I've incorporated it into my permaculture gardening repertoire and curriculum for years, because it really deepens our ability as gardeners to adapt what we're doing to temperate cold environments. And I often say that much of the permi work is a little tropical in its approaches and the temperate cold climate is a lot different. And biodynamics, really, it's a Greek word roots, which is bios dynamos, and it's the dynamism of life. And it was a coined term by Rudolf Steiner, who also created Waldorf education and anthroposophical medicine and biodynamic agriculture and farming. And so what it is, is really it's Steiner's and biodynamics as a body of information I find as a gardener to be really useful because, and it synthesizes well with the kind of hard science approach of permaculture because it's a much more art and science approach to how to garden, which I do think that we have to admit as gardeners that there's something going on in the garden that is definitely mystical and magical and Finhornian and all of those methodologies. And the uh, biodynamic tradition pays attention to what we would call what Steiner called he was trying to do with anthroposophy, which is the larger term under which biodynamics exists. It's Steiner's umbrella term is the, uh, he called it the science of spirit. So what Steiner wanted to create was a ability to understand the spiritual dimension with the level of kind of clarity and articulation that we are able to understand the material dimension with science. And so in biodynamics, you have this uh, body of knowledge that is really, uh, it's like a rich historical archive of a vast amount of uh, alchemical and more paganistic methods of the old world of medieval Europe and going back pre-scientific age in the, you know, farming and gardening methods of Europe. And so biodynamics is this 
kind of synthesis of all these mystical methodologies in a sense, but more what it is, is he uses Steiner coins the term in 1924. So it's a, it's a series of lectures that Rudolf Steiner gives that are the foundation of biodynamics. From there, you have a number of other very important thinkers and writers in it who add most of what is associated with biodynamic gardening. Since uh, today we're just going to give people a little bite of this, I want to get into some of the details that our gardeners might find particularly fun to play with. And one of them is a planting calendar. Now, the biodynamic plant approach is in itself a little bit of a more like, shall we say, abstract way of talking about garden plants, but in a sense, actually, it's a little bit more practical because I mentioned to you when we were talking yesterday, Greg, that this is one of my favorite aspects. They break plants as gardeners into what aspect of the plant are you wanting to harvest? Oh, and this is particularly, yeah, so they're saying, are you growing a root crop? Are you growing a fruit crop? Are you growing a leaf crop? And so it goes further than this. What they do is they break down root, fruit, leaf, and flower into the astrological categories, earth, air, fire, and water. And so what they're doing is they're creating a very in-depth calendar. Here's one. It's called the Stella Natura. And where I learned about this is actually Camp Hill Villages, which are intentional communities for adults with special needs that use curative therapy. Uh A lot of it's like large animal therapy, working in the biodynamic orchard. And so there's this whole aspect to gardening that every year they print a calendar that tells you an ephemeris down to the hour, what's the optimal time to be planting your root crop? What? Your root crop, sorry. Wow, your root crop. And really? it's right, and it's and it's based on astronomically accurate charting of all the constellations that rule these major elemental signs, right? So when a fire sign, Aries, is lined up with the sun and the moon at a certain point, it's a good time to plant your fruit crops. When an wow. earth sign Yeah. So it's this fascinating synthesis that gets you paying attention to real activities that are happening in the heavens Uh and learning about a tradition of looking at plants and how different things in the gardening world are being influenced Uh by what's happening in the uh, lunar world. It's much, much more. That's a long way around the court to say it's a lot more involved than the farmer's almanac and just planting by the moon. I was going to ask you if that was like planting by the moon. It is, it is, but it's like planting by the moon on calculus. It's like the trigonometry <laughs> of planting. Because nice. they get into all these things about what phase is the, where is the sun right now? Where is the moon running high or running low? Right. Is something that I never really paid as much attention to that they're really tuned into. Yeah. So one way that we can interact with biodynamic farming and gardening is planting by a calendar that is has been created. Is it the same calendar every year? No, that's the thing. You have to get a new calendar every year because the planets and the constellations do change in where they're aligned each year. Maria Thun and Aaron Fried Pfeiffer, my partner and ally in crime, Adriana Magana, studied biodynamics at the Pfeiffer Center, which we're here in the East Coast where we are near New York City, near Philadelphia. We're in kind of a hotbed of anthroposophy. There's lots of different like Camp Hill villages, biodynamic yeah. farms. And so they really um, 
developed a whole set of compost preparations and sprays. What they the biodynamic methods, and what I want to be sure when wanting to leave some of your listeners with too, is to mention that there's an entire biodynamic farming and gardening association. Wow. So if they do, they do a search for this, this biodynamic farming and gardening association, they'll find that there's all these cool little books about herbal remedies for disease or pest problems in your greenhouse. I just find them to be some of the most creative, holistic, again, to avoid a lot of words beyond organic methodologies to dealing with garden problems and garden issues. So it's a very holistic tradition with a lot of history to it. Yeah. So the cool thing is the Biodynamic Association is at biodynamics.com. How simple is that? Yeah. Awesome. And they've become much more developed than they were, let's say, 20, 30 years ago. They Uh were a little bit in the closet back then. And it was because because they didn't want to run out of town as witches, I used to say. But there's a little truth in it because they're very witchy. Well, you know, one of the things I think I remember. In a great way. Right. Yeah, exactly. One of the things I remember thinking or learning about at some point was that they take bone meal and there's there's a certain amount of of those natural items that get ground up and put in uh, bags in the ground. Isn't there? Some... That's right. So the part you're talking about are the part to dive into to get the best sense of what's so unique about this whole approach that they have. They're called the biodynamic preparations, and there's about Uh, six or seven of them. Got it. And Yeah, exactly. Steiner kind of prescribed those as one of the things, you know, Rudolf Steiner is described as a clairvoyant who is channeling things from the astral plane. (laughs) And and he's a trained chemist and a botanist. Right. Wow. So so he's, he's bringing together these very mystical approaches to information. And so he channeled, in effect, these ideas that the preparations came from. And what many people point to that is something to appreciate is that he prognosticated many of what today in in botany and mineral science we know to be what are called dynamic accumulators. These plants, right, that are particularly good at pulling up trace minerals and micronutrients and making them available, right? So all of them are things like equisetum, dandelion, all of the classic, you know, the weeds. dynamic accumulators. Weeds. Weeds, exactly. Weeds. I've said for years that weeds are great in our garden. They pull the nutrients out of the soil and you don't want to throw them away. Right. Get them in your compost, feed them to your chickens. Yeah. So the biodynamic preparations, they'll take a cow horn from an old dairy cow on the biodynamic raw milk dairy herds. They let the cows have all their full horns. Yep. They, they don't do any AI on them. They all naturally breed. And they take an old cow when they slaughter her, they'll take the horn and they'll pack it full of cow manure and then they'll bury it in the fall so that it gets all of what Steiner called the cosmic perturbations from outer space <laughs> going into the wow. cow manure. And check this out. They did studies to show that it works to find out. Right. They were like, is this just like why put it in the cow horn? Right. So they did a plastic yogurt container and they did a cow horn. And lo and behold, there were billions more microflora and microfauna in the cow horn than there were in the plastic yogurt. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So I can tell you're really passionate about biodynamic farming and gardening. What do you love most about it? Really, I like the way it deepens our attention to details Mm, in the garden. It Uh really 
it has this rich historical dimension to it. I mean, here's, I'll say, let me also say what I think some of its weaknesses are to give some qualifiers. All right, cool. It is a little Eurocentric in its plant palette and in its whole idea uh of how to farm and garden. Yep. Many of the weaknesses of biodynamics benefit from the strengths of permaculture. You know, they tend to, as a farming and gardening tradition, be a little bit microscopic in their focus on just the farm. Yep. And what permaculture brings, as you know, is a more systems ability to say, look at a farm or look at a garden and say, well, where's your water supply coming from? And how is this working as a layout for stormwater management? And so infrastructure and things of that nature in a biodynamic operation, that isn't going to so much be what their strong point is. Wow. But but if as a gardener, you're looking for historically rich gardening tradition from the European heritage and lineage that brings in this whole deepening of approach to planning your garden and planting it out. And they're and they're also very reasonable in, in saying, you know, if the weather doesn't accommodate, you don't have to get particular about following, say, the biodynamic planting calendar. But what it does is it gives you this useful thing I find as a gardener to feel, okay, today's a root day. Let's start planting all of our radishes and all of our carrots and all of our, you know, rutabaga. So it gives you this, yeah, beets, it gives you this fun organizing principle that I find resonates for me. This idea of breaking the garden plants and into this root fruit, leaf and flower, and then the association with earth, air, fire, and water. Wow. And yeah, I think a lot of your gardeners out there will appreciate it as as a methodology to borrow ideas from. Nice, nice, nice. And I love how you threaded permaculture and biodynamic gardening together. That's that's really brilliant. So I was recently on your podcast. So you have a podcast. Tell us about how people can find you and find your podcast and maybe a little bit about the podcast. Well, the podcast is Permaculture Perspectives, and it's on SoundCloud is the main host of it. And, you know, a lot of what I've done, really, my own development of different thesis materials, where I'll take, say, four different books and read sections from them and talk about what the relationship is between those books, and how permaculture creates this framework for putting together a lot of potentially kind of disparate material that you can find what how does it all add up to something that is a you know is a useful narrative yeah so a lot of the focus with the podcast is both inspiration for me to be creating material that's around what my latest readings are or what my latest ideas or thoughts are about things going on in the world and then every once in a while an interview but i would like to do more of that and i really enjoyed that appreciated you oh, are yeah. reaching we had a great conversation and I loved I loved our conversation because it it really brought to light a lot deeper thinking than you know than I've done in some areas which I love you know that, that's why I love interviewing people because I get to learn mm-hmm. from them and hopefully they get you all get to learn from me yeah so where do we find your podcast at you got a website yes my website is permaculture New York all spelled out New York permaculturenewyork.com Awesome. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. 
In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. One of the first things that many of us learn when we start to garden is how to water and fertilize the soil. But there is an exception to this rule and it's called foliar feeding. You should foliar feed or water the leaves of your plant with liquid fertilizer when you want certain nutrients to be absorbed better. Not only are the leaves great at uptaking liquid fertilizer, if your soil isn't very good or your pH is off, foliar feeding can help your veggies and fruit trees quickly get the nutrients they need to thrive. If you're ready to start foliar feeding for maximum growth yields and quality, head on over to urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves to see our selection of foliar feeding products. That's urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves.